We had a customer the other day who left his turkey behind. He left his turkey behind? He left, like, a bag of sliced turkey behind. Uh, okay. And he called the store, and he said, yes, uh, I was just in there, and I left behind turkey, so which one of your baggers is going to bring it to my house? He, are you serious? And I paused and was just like, excuse me? <laughs> which one of your baggers is going to bring it He's like, it who's me? bringing it to my house? I left it behind, and I want it, so who's bringing it? I'm like whoever comes and picks it up from your house because we don't do that right oh my god (laughs) (coughs) like who what and he's just like this is absurd i'm like it's absurd that you forgot the turkey you bought at the store like you didn't you come to the store for that like right it's insane to me that you left it behind and you were like who's delivering it to me like what that's the absurdity to me is who's going to bring it to yeah and it's like the lady who's like i you're out of pistachio ice cream check your database for more i'm like you think we have a data like people steal lady like there's no way to have an accurate inventory so oh uh, that yeah (laughs) that happens at my store too it's like i need you to go in the back and check please yeah and i'm like i'll let me let me uh, skip off to the secret ice cream vault we have in the back. <laughs> These people, I tell you. That's hilarious. Welcome. You're tuned into the Two Kings podcast with your hosts Brian Weeks and Adam Ricker. You may now enter the kingdom. Good morning, and welcome to the Two Kings podcast. Uh, This is Brian Weeks, one of the hosts of the show, the Bald Beardy Bear, and I'm joined with my partner in love and in life, Mr. Adam Ricker. Big Ricker. (laughs) Yeah, Big Ricker, the biggest of Rickers. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Yes. And we're going to spend our episode back uh, talking about... So, you know, some of the finer points of Pride Month, and um, I wanted to, I chose this topic for today about, like, coming out stories and being your authentic self, because a few of uh, my friends this month have done done that very thing, put themselves out there, um, shared who they really were on the inside, uh, how they identify, um... In a world where it's very scary to do something like that, uh, yeah, there's judgment no matter where you go, and um, I know because I mean I came out along back in 2012. I'd say com- like completely mm-hmm. out, but I remember, and sometimes I still still get tinges of it where it's scary to just you know you don't know who will be judging you for what, and it's a matter of. I don't know, like, getting to that point where you don't care what other people think. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've reached that point. I was having an open discussion about it with one of my coworkers last night. Oh. And I was just like, it's just nice to authentically just have a conversation where, you know, you get a group of... I hang out with a lot of, lot of uh, straight guys because mm-hmm. of wrestling. Right. 
and I sit around in a room and I'm listening to them all talk about their girlfriends or girls they've been with and stuff and I've been fortunate enough to find a group of friends where I can be like, oh, yeah, well, one time me and this dude did this, and they, <laughs> right. it doesn't phase them, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So um, you still get those people out there that are like, oh, my God, oh. But I realize, like, I don't really fuck with those people. <laughs> so right. um, this episode will be more geared towards that and um, just, like, the stories, because we both, we both come from different generations. Um, yes. Um, different periods of time where the level of acceptability sure. um, was different, and the world we live in today is much more accepting. Which is what we, which is what everyone that came before us who fought so hard for that uh, wanted to accomplish. So mm-hmm. we will honor those, you know, those people. Share some stories today, and hopefully, you guys will find something to take away from all of that. Yeah, awesome. I like that. Yeah. So, why don't we start with you, Brian? Uh, okay. You know what was what was it like as a kid or a teen discovering who you know what I mean, trying to mm-hmm. figure out who you were and what kind of guidance you had along the way in helping that. Um, not really a lot. I mean, I. Started the coming out process when I was a senior in high school. I was 17 in, uh, it was in 1995. And at the time, the only really out people that I could see out there were, uh, Katie Lang and Melissa Etheridge. And I'm not, you know, like their story is going to be completely different from mine. Um, and also, no, it was right afterwards, but like right after I started the coming out process, uh, the diver Greg Luganis had come out on, he put out his book and, um, and had come out with, um, on the cover of People magazine saying that he was gay, but also like, it was like a mixed, I don't want to say like a mixed message, but there were like two announcements on the cover of that magazine was I'm gay and I'm HIV positive. Like it wasn't separate oh hit him with the double barrel right so and at that time um even though it was we were you know a decade and a half into um into hiv and aids being a a thing it was still kind of considered to be a quote-unquote gay disease so there was still that stigma and people were still being called aids victims aids patients and not people living with people living with hiv um, so there was a, it was a whole different time, clearly. Um, but growing up, I mean, I just, I knew I was different. I didn't really get along with the, I don't say I didn't get along with guys, but I don't, I really don't have a lot of commonality with traditional straight dude, Joe bro. Like I, I don't have anything that's completely foreign to me. Um, what I'm doing for work now, I, I mean, I've found a way to navigate that that world and everything. Um, and you know, most of the people that I work with now are all straight dudes that are, you know, um, and I get along just fine now, but back then I didn't have a lot of male friends. Um, like all my friends were girls. I seem to be interested in more of the pursuits of things that other, that the girls were into. Like I liked fashion and soap operas and, um, Archie comic books versus the like transformers and GI Joes and all that stuff. And 
Um, so I had a lot more in common with the girls and started just hanging around with them. Um, my actual coming out was to, to the very first person ever, um, was in March of 95. It was a Saturday night. My best friend, Jen was down in the weirs babysitting and <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and, um, she was down babysitting. That's Weir's Beach, right? Yep. About yes. Yeah. Yeah, down in Weir's Beach. Um, I could even, like, I can still bring you to the house she was babysitting in today. Like, I remember it. Um, but Jen and I were on the phone, and uh, the the old princess phone with the long cord that's, like, wrapped all over my room, because, you know, we didn't have the cordless phones or all that back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, I was just telling Jen about a dream that I had had the night before, where one of our classmates, it was this in this dream, a classmate of ours at a class meeting for something um, had come out and said he was gay at this class meeting. And I was just like, it was just the most random thing in the world. And Jen's like, hold up, are you trying to tell me something? And like, no, I don't think so. And then all of a sudden it hit me. Actually, yes, you are trying to say something. And, uh, and before I could even like say it, she's like, okay, the lady I'm babysitting for is just pulling in the driveway now. Don't go anywhere. I'll be there as soon as like, I'll be there like in 10 minutes, even though it was like a 15 minute drive. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, where the hell am I going to go at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday? I don't have a driver's license. Like, of course I'm, I'm going to be here. So a little while later, Jen pulls up to the apartment and just barrels in there is no knocking on the door and all that stuff. But she came in um, and we just started talking and she's like, so what, tell me more about this dream. So I was telling her more about it. And then as within a little while, um, I told her pretty sure that, that I was gay and she's like, okay. And of all the people that I was friends with at the time, Jen was my closest friend, but um, of all the people that I could possibly think of to tell first, it probably would have been Jen anyway. Jen's mom was like a second mom to me, and uh, she was the innkeeper at a gay-owned and operated inn, um, the Red Hill Inn, back in, uh, over there off of Route 3, out by the mug. And um, she was like one of only a handful of straight people that even worked there which I didn't really know. Like, I kind of knew, but I didn't really know. Like, it wasn't a big... There wasn't a rainbow flag out there. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, you know, I told her, and and eventually I told more friends and more friends. And, you know, like, I completed the, the coming out process well before the new millennium. But, like, it, it took a minute. <laughs> um, but, you know, I didn't have any real, like, negative family family things or friend things there's a couple couple of guys that were like weird about it but most of them got over it and you know it is what it is how about you you were you came out later than later than i had and, and also you're a little bit younger well i mean there were stages to all of it of course like <clears throat> high school i had a pretty solid uh click of friends that 
I met through ROTC. I was a, in junior ROTC, the Air Force ROTC. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, my junior, senior year, really, it was a really weird trend that just, like, everybody in ROTC was, like, not everybody, but, like, a handful of the people were, like, oh, I'm bi, I'm bi, I'm bi. Mostly the, mostly the girls, um, some of the guys, but, like... Sure. It just seemed more like a trendy thing, but, like, I don't know. I kind of realized something was... I think I want to say around the sixth grade, I started to realize that uh, boys were more interesting than girls. But I made mostly female friends back in the day. Like, one of my best friends in the world that I've known since middle school time was my friend Jody, Um, and... She was really like the cat, like one of the people that was a catalyst for me being more comfortable in my own skin. But I'll sure. get to that part. Um, but in high school, like there were like select few people who knew, a lot of people who suspected but never had anything confirmed. Um, and same with even like my parents and stuff. Like I was asked several, you know what I mean, several sure. times, several situations, getting caught in a chat room on AOL or. Um, we would have internet when I was great. Right, yeah. Like in high school, I think I went with my friend. I went to a friend's house, a friend's grandparents' house. He used to go out there for hunting season every year, and the grandmother was a substitute teacher at our school. So her and I set up um, a, like a surprise for him because when he goes out there, he hunts, but he's like insanely bored. Other than that, sure hunting. Um. So she, we set something up where I would come out and hang out for the night or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they set me up in the guest room, and he had his own guest room there, too. There was a huge house, but they had all these rooms. Um, but whenever he slept over my house, we always slept in the same bed because we would talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was before anything was going on with the two of us because we eventually... Mm-hmm. But... but um, yeah. We... I we, you know I fell asleep in his room, and like nothing, nothing had happened or anything, and... The grandfather came in to wake him up the next morning for hunting and was just like, oh. <laughs> and then the grandmother started this whole, like, told his mom, who t- called my dad, and there was this whole, like... Drama. Think, yeah. And part of, like, part of, I think, what... I One of the things, I, I haven't talked to my dad since... Since just before I came out to everybody, everybody. Oh, wow. And... I've spent a lot of time processing. I went through a phase where, like, I blamed him and my uncles um, for things I've seen that, like, in retrospect, like, was probably, you know what I mean, just joking around. But when you're harboring a secret that you don't want everybody to know, that kind of intensifies things. So Mm -hmm. I think my reality and coming to terms with everything was skewed. Sure. Um, I think I terminated that relationship so I could feel more free to be who I am without somebody out there having a problem with it. And like, and I really, I think when, you know, when I resolve things with my dad, that's one of the things I want to address is that I apologize for going through the, going about the process the way I did without like, but like I have memories of just like being interrogated like a criminal 
over the over the situations like this. And even if that wasn't a hundred percent of what really happened, that's the way it felt. That's how, yeah, and that's that's certainly how it felt. Like right. come home from school and sat down at the dining room table, and it was like the trying, right trying to, head. yeah, <laughs> trying to extract the truth out of me, and I stayed no, 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 mm-hmm. and I had an excuse for everything, but. My parents were smarter than that. Like, when I came out to my mom, she knew. Right. She's like, oh, it's about time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, i My I'd mom say, claimed she didn't know. Yeah, she probably didn't. It's too... <laughs> but, I don't know, like, how the fuck could you not is is is, is always my rebuttal to that. But, but yeah. circling back, because yeah. I veered way off. Um, I'd say junior, senior year, more senior year, because senior year I was... Involved with, like, two... I had two different kind of, like, relationships going on. Um, both mostly about physical mm-hmm. stuff. I was, like, that friend in high school that, like, a handful of people I knew when, when they went through their experimental phase um, just knew what was up. Like, and it's... I hate saying that it makes me sound like a... Like a, a slut or something like that. No, no, like... because everyone has their own, like, that was part of your, there was just an extended disco remix of experimentation, I suppose. Yeah, it was, and th- you, throughout my entire teens was a whole lot of that. And you um, might have also put out those vibes of, I am someone, are you struggling with your sexuality? You know, come and talk to me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a friendly person. Yeah, I, that, I feel like that was the case. And some of the, like, I think back to those situations and I'm like, yeah, they're, there was never, like, a deep discussion. It was just things that just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Sleepovers and truth or dare games and things like that. Right. Um, when I went away to college, just before I went away to college, I had come out to, like, my primary group of straight friends. Mm-hmm. Um, one friend in particular, uh, my friend Brian Doyon. Uh, and I really, like, he was cool, obviously cool about it, and I think kind of always knew, but... That was a very new feeling that, like, my fear was people making that, making being gay what I was all about. Like, like that's, the word gay is synonymous with me, and that's not what I ever wanted. It was like, I I wanted it to be a part of my personality, but not my entire personality. You didn't want to be gay, Adam. Right. Like, people, you know what I mean? Yeah, people do that, and it right. sucks. And I get that, and that's I think that's part of the reason it's hard for people to come out, is because like yes, I identify this way, but it's not my entire personality. Right. I'm much more than that. Right. And um, yeah, college was pretty open. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I, like a lot of people knew, but it wasn't like a big, mm-hmm. big to do about it. Um, it really wasn't until I got out of school and reunited with my friend Jody, uh, Savannah, Chrissy, Sean, Eric, that group of friends. We would go to the uh, gay bars all the time. Like that, I met. I reunited with Jody at the bar. I ran into her, um, and it was just it was on ever since. So like I had a really good support system after college of friends where I could and a place to go where I could be myself. Right. Um, like I said, I've always had just like straight friends. I've never really had other gay friends. Right. Yeah, me either. And I have. I mean, I, here and there, but not like, not within my primary group. Sure. Of who, whoever it is I'm spending my time around. Um, in my group, Sean and Eric are brothers, um, and they're both gay. 
So I had I had other gay friends to be around. Right. And it was going to the bar. I met more and more people. Obviously, I started dating somebody. I met friends through them. Um, but when I was dating somebody, I want to say when I came out to my mom, it was a. I was at my boyfriend's house at the time, mm-hmm. and I'd called her to pick me up because her and I were going to go out to lunch or something like that, and. Uh, she's like, oh yeah, I just need to know where you are. I'm like, oh, I'm at my friend's house in Lewiston. And just the, the look I got was kind of like, oh, tell you know, tell your mom, uh, your friend says hi. Mm. And I was like, fuck, that's, <clears throat> that sucks. So like when I came out to my mom and told her, she was like, oh, I've just been waiting for you to tell me. And that was nice. Yeah. My mom and I have a good relationship and like very open discussions. We apparently like to go to Chinese buffets and check out the same guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she loves that. Or, uh, we went one time and I was just like, God damn. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's amazing though. Like you, I think that's probably one of the bigger differences between your adolescence and, and dealing with, with your sexuality and, and me with mine is that, you know, you, you had other people around that identified as bi or identified as gay and, you know, you knew of other gay people. I, absolutely did not in my day i thought i was like the only the only one ever in existence you know kind of a thing and you know not to be overly dramatic about it but right you know i knew that you know there were probably other gay people in like cities and stuff but not around here yeah and that was one of the reasons i wanted to move away when i went to school i grew up in like auburn maine um which is sister city twin city to lewiston maine which Mm -hmm. is more synonymous with not such good things, but um, Lewis and Auburn's actually a pretty, like, it, that community's there, mm-hmm. and it's there strong and proud, and I miss a lot of those people. Like, I kind of wish, when I was around that scene, I wasn't fully comfortable in my skin yet. Like, I, it was there, and I was discovering it, but obviously, like, years have passed, um, right. and now I'm more, you know what I mean? I feel like it would be... I would have a different experience in that community. Sure. Again, I'm the more positive one. I just, it was a comfort thing for me. You know what I mean? Like when they, I think it was when I first started going to the bars, like I had such a hard time getting used to the idea of drag Queens. Okay. Um, I had to be around other, I had not other drag Queens. I'm not a drag queen, but (laughs) I had to be around it more to see like, Oh, these are my friends and this is something that they do. And there was a comfort that needed to be developed. Like, so I, I get why it's hard for people to come. You know what I mean? Because like being open in that world is still scary. And when you're new to it, like it's just, it takes getting you, you know what I mean? Getting, getting used to, um, or it did for me anyway. And, Yeah. You've been listening to the Two Kings Podcast. We're going to pause for a brief intermission and then return for the second half of this week's broadcast. Thanks again for listening to the Two Kings Podcast. Now let's return to the second half of the broadcast. It's just, it takes getting used, you know what I mean? Getting getting used to um or it did for me anyway and yeah (laughs) well there's and then you know back back when you're back in the day for me i remember there was a lot of things that i would 
try to, you know, the things that you would do or say that were like code or shorthand to try to feel somebody out, something that seems kind of innocuous, but also has like a double meaning, as it were, in the LGBTQ lexicon. Like, for, for instance, um, I remember being in a record store and I picked up this CD. It was a, a compilation of dance music from Out Magazine. And there was a picture of like a bodybuilding dude. On, I still have it. Um, but there's like a picture of like a bodybuilding dude. And it was like the Out Magazine workout seat, high energy workout CD or something. And I was purchasing it not only because it came from Out Magazine, but also because I liked some of the, obviously I liked some of the songs that were on it. And I went up to the counter and of course, Jen is with me. And, um, and I put it up there along with everything else that I had. And the kid behind the counter is like, oh, he's like, this is a really good CD. I have that at home. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm really looking in, looking forward to that Tori Amos remix. And he's like, oh yeah, it's really hot. I'm like, awesome, cool. So like I pay for my shit and we go out to the, we go back out to the, um, the food court and Jen is like staring daggers at me. And I'm like, what, what, what's, what's going on? And she's like, that guy at the record store was hitting on you. Like he wasn't hitting on me. He's like, he made it. Um, he made a point to say that Out Magazine CD, the gay magazine CD, he had a copy of that at home. And I'm like, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. But then thinking about it, I'm like, actually, yeah, that is kind of, he was probably, I don't know, hitting on me, but at least trying to, like, establish a commonality. Hey, I'm I'm like you. And, like, you know, wearing a t-shirt that says Provincetown on it or or having, like, a, an, an openly gay artist cd like the indigo girls or something you know like I, I remember playing indigo girls quite a bit in the senior lounge and you know and the you know there were people that were wondering if i was gay because i was listening to gay music but you know stuff like that and, and and i i feel like it's the kids today don't really have to do that there's so much out there for young kids to see and to recognize themselves I think that's part of the reason why a lot of those kids are identifying uh, identifying what they want to identify or seeing the parts of themselves in other things. I think they're seeing it earlier because they're it's out there in the in the ether. Well, there's also today a lot more identities. Yeah. Um cuz I feel like growing up like I didn't hear things like the different um it was like you were either gay or bisexual or straight. Like that was like <clears throat> growing up, those were the identities. And then as people became more accepting, there was that broadening of the spectrum because right. there are a lot of people. And I think that's, what's helped a lot of people move, you know what I mean? Move forward because sure. like they don't have to put themselves in one of three boxes. Right. Um, I've met many people throughout the years. I've been involved with many people throughout the years um, who, I guess, fall on different places of this very wide spectrum. Like, when I was in, co uh, when I was in college, I had a very intimate, uh, close relationship with somebody who, like, is straight. But I feel like that situation was a very specific, like... There was an attraction to the person, not yeah. not the gender of the person. A, a very, I guess a very crude example would be like Brokeback Mountain kind of situation where these, where the two, you know what I mean? There was just some kind of physical 
situational homosexuality with prob- yeah. that we probably was just entangled up in in feelings. Yeah, feelings. And pretty much. So like junior year of college was a lot of that was chasing chasing that, and then it eventually like became a thing like the last few months of the hmm. school year and. You know what I mean? Like, to this day, I still hold that person very dear as a friend. That's awesome. Um, And that's great. But, like, that, I think, is where I started to discover that, like, just because you can't just, just because, you know what I mean, if a guy and a guy have another relationship, or a girl and a girl, or any gender, really, like, it's... You can't just label it something because right. because it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like... You go through exper- people have gone through experimental phases, and that's when they realize, oh, this isn't for me, or or this is for me. I'm straight. I'm this. I'm that. Um, I think it's really important not to put yourself in a box, right? Um, and I think that's why I'm very happy about the broadening of the sure sexual identity spectrum because um, it allows everybody to find a place that more suits their situations. Like I've had a couple friends. Feel quite a few friends this year come out as pansexual, mm-hmm. which is that broader like gender is really not an issue for you. It is about the person, right? Um, and th- I mean that's what it means to me. Like I've seen, you know what I mean? Like yeah. oh, you can you're attracted to men, you're attracted to women, genderless, uh, gender fluid, um being gender fluid or non-binary not not fa- not identifying as any of those genders um i love that people i know that are able to come to that conclusion for themselves and mm-hmm. be who they are because i know like once i started being like who i really was inside and being around people i didn't have to like put up a fake wall around like it's it's liberating and it feels amazing to just and even if it's it's not even about just sexuality like just being able to be open in your discussion mm-hmm. with anything and not have to, like, you know you're censor around... Censor yourself. Right. Censor yourself or censor your uh, personality, sexuality, any of that. Like, it just... Yeah. It's it's an amazing, liberating feeling. So I'm very happy and proud of the people who were able to step forward and say those things. And I'm also... You can't, you can't discount... <clears throat> excuse me. People who are, I guess, as you could say, still in the closet... Right. Because you come out on your terms and on your time and you know that people around you, you 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 know when it's time. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, never let anyone force you out. And there's all kinds of, you know, there's even definite, like, layers of the closet, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and for everything that doesn't fit in those rigid boxes that have been set up, there's another closet to come out for that. Like, coming out as demisexual coming out as uh non-binary coming out as you know there's a billion things that that you could come out as and it's like and it's a it's a part like it's a multi-layered thing like peeling back layers of the onion until you until your true self is revealed and it's like i while i can't possibly imagine those feelings for myself Mm -hmm. of being a feeling of, of um identifying as a different gender that's that's not who i am but like just like that that's it's it's amazing i love to see people living their truth and and i think it's wonderful that today people can do that and it's not a it's you know there's still a lot of of course there's there's going to be bigotry right. and hatred 
forever. And that's right. how some people are raised, you know what I mean? But I, I can tell you, like, firsthand, for example, like, I've seen people on my Facebook that are, oh, you know, Trump this, Trump that. Uh, why do we need Pride Month, all this other stuff. I'm like, uh, I remember you in high school and uh, the things that, you know what I mean? Like, I I know things, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, I feel like that comes with some kind of anger inside that you sure. can't. Not even saying that those people are gay, but they've got that part, they've got that some in their brain somewhere that they know that they've got an attraction to, like, other men. Right. That they're never going to, like, address. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it's always, it's going to, be forbidden and taboo and against the rules and in like for me it was oh if these people know that i'm doing this it's a problem or it's Mm -hmm. trouble and um you just gotta like i don't want to say fight past that but like (coughs) not not allow others to dictate your own happiness and right if someone has a problem with who you authentically are on the inside then you don't need them in your life in the first place no matter how much it hurts because Mm -hmm. They don't care about you. Um, you coming forward and speaking up about who you are and being honest about who you are is a, and getting that acceptance is from people who accept you no matter what. And you don't want people out there that are going to not accept you or only accept you conditionally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember, you know, that there's a lot more um, resources available um, today. But, like, that's the thing. If, you know... I would urge everybody to, to try and find a safe space where they can, uh, you know, share those feelings with other people. And, and it begins that road. I, I think whatever higher power is out there for the support system that I had, you know, the, my, the, the, the young straight girls that were in my class that I was friends with and a couple of, um, my friend's moms, they were, you know, way more supportive to me in, every facet of life, not, not even the sexuality part, um, than my own. And it just, it was, it felt really good to be able to have that safe space in my life. But the, the, the two most, um, fierce, um, I guess people that were fighting for me were, were my friend Jen and her mom. And, those were the the first two people that I I came out to. I can't even remember like who the first amongst my friends. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know I had different groups of friends and presented myself differently to each of those groups. But I guess I would be more most well most thankful for my friend Jody. Um cuz she really helped me shape who I am as a per, you know what I mean and help me find that voice inside um my my friends from wrestling in portland um like dan ryan keith uh Brittany, steve that whole group of friends who uh jen uh who even who accepted me for who i am when i moved there and everyone i moved there with my ex mm-hmm. and everyone knew you know what i mean knew at the right. time and everyone was cool and supportive and even to my uh close friends from wrestling now, um, like Limits and Billy, Brad, Kenny, that whole group of guys, um, that's a primer. (laughs) I can't forget him, of course. Uh, Malik, like, a lot of those guys. And then the list goes on and on. 
Um, I'm not trying to leave anybody out, of course. I could sit here and name names all day, but like that's been that's been one of the best feelings is like being able to be who I am in my wrestling world as well. Um, I remember when we started dating, like it was that like that group of protective brothers, you know what I mean? And I'm like, and they all realize that like it's not one of those situations. Oh, if he hurts you, I'll kill you. It's not one of those type of situations because Brian's not a scumbag. <laughs> thank you thank you love like, like openly like everyone really like likes you and stuff yeah, so they've been awesome to me all of them but being being able to be who i am around those guys i'm very thankful for and i love those guys for that and they know like oh, i've had very open and long discussions with these guys um and that's always been able to just be like tell a story without it feeling like the other person's like ooh that's gross you know what i mean right. like or to have to feel like you have to swap genders in a in a story to to tell the story yeah change pronouns or yeah. use uh not just say i like i'm a blunt and honest person and straightforward and i hate having to sit there and beat around the bush and figure out Euphemisms. How, yeah, how do I put this so it doesn't gross this person out when I could just be like, hey, this is what happened. Right. You're... And have them just be like, oh, it's nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, at least for me, wrapping up, I think, I'm, you know, you, you come out when you're ready. Um, <clears throat> I'm always a safe person to talk to because I won't put your business out there. Right. Um, Especially in that situation, because I know what that's like. I I went to a party once, and I mean, I'm friends with the person now, but, like, I went to a party once where, like, someone just, like, blurted it, like, yelled it out at the party because they were drunk. <laughs> wow. And then all of a sudden, like, all this attention's on me now, and I'm like, I'm not even doing anything. I'm just sitting here. Right. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, like, you just, you got to find the right support system. Today, it's, it's out there more than ever. Um... I know there's a lot of roadblocks for people when it comes to being who they authentically are. Um, and it and it's still, like, I see the struggle because of my, the two recent people I know that came out, um, at least one of them, like, shared that he's been hiding this for X amount of time, and I've known him X amount of time. And, not, right. and it's not anything that I expect to be shared with me. I understand, like, your things are your things, but... You would have never even, I would have never even assumed or thought twice about it. Um, right. And you could tell to to go from that to being open about uh, being non-binary and gender fluid. Um, that That's an incredibly scary and huge leap, and I have all the respect in the oh, world yeah. for that. And, Definitely. Yeah. So I'm proud of you for being who you guys are. And when you're in, for those of you who aren't ready yet, we look forward to when you do. We'll be out here waiting with love and and support. So yes, and your rainbow flag and your toaster oven. Mm-hmm. And we'll teach you the handshake. Yes, exactly. And that fast walk. Yeah, the fast walk it develops over time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think that that was a fantastic. I I really enjoyed hearing your story because you know we've been together for for a while now, and and there's little pieces I always pick up something new. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, I want to mention real quick before we go that uh, this is our one-year anniversary of the podcast Mm -hmm. this week. Um, And I have a couple little stats here that um, last year, our first episode, June 13th of 2020, was about superheroes. Yay. Um, But we produced 32 episodes. 
this past year, and I was stunned to see that um, they have either been listened to, streamed, downloaded, whatever, over 1,200 times. Wow. And our number one episode still, and I bet you it will be 20 years from now, was the uh, the, the Big Ricker interview that's had over 150 <laughs> views of its own or listens. 50 of them are probably freaking Tommy Mac beating his head <laughs> against the wall. But... Yeah, um, and so the other thing that we want to mention is um, that we were, um, going forward, we're going to be dropping episodes every every two weeks on Saturdays. I mean, we may have them more often here and there, but we're going to, that's what we're planning is every two weeks. I know, work is busy, y'all. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it so. is. But yeah, so I think it's a good time to wrap it up and yeah. head out for the for a couple weeks. And while well, everybody in, enjoy, um, actually... Yeah, no, July 4th is coming up further than that. But um, if you're in the Lakes Region area, enjoy Bike Week, which oh, has yeah. just started today. Um, Laconia Bike Week. and um, But, yeah, everybody have a great couple of weeks. Enjoy your Saturday, and we'll see you next time. Right. And, we, I mean, we're, we're, both, we're in the pandemic recovery. I mean, I still encourage you to wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't wear my mask anymore because I'm vaccinated, but... If you're not, you should just wear your mask and not catch this terrible disease. And if you can, virus. if you can get vaccinated and, and, you know, you're not against it or whatever, <laughs> you should get vaccinated if, if you can. Yeah, I respect everybody's decision whether mm-hmm. you choose to get vaccinated or not. But um, I've always loved science and I believe in the science that's being said and not everything's a conspiracy. Like, right. You see the same jokes. Oh, I got my microchip. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you have a cell phone, so they're tracking and monitoring you already. Right. So yeah. Facebook is calm down. much more interested in you than the CDC. All the people who are concerned with being tracked are like the ones who live don't live very exciting lives. Like, what are you a, like a spy? Like, a, mm-hmm. are you a secret agent? Do you think right. the government's gonna? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are yeah. you doing that you're worried about being monitored? Right. Um, calm down, Clara. But anyway, not yeah, not to, not to preach, obviously. But um, take care of each other and be nice to each other. Be nice to your retail workers because some of us are gonna have enough of your shit one day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and we will catch you guys on the next episode. All right. Have a great have a great week, everybody. All right. All right bye. Bye.